This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Botox Cosmetic. Out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, you are listening to the Blue Monday podcast. This is a three times weekly audio show looking in to the exciting, unbeaten <clears throat> happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. My name is Benjamin Bloom and I'll be here each and every Friday for the Blue Monday preview show with a special guest to get their inside of you on the next opponents for Ipswich Town and the next opponents for Ipswich Town are Barnsley, so it's very good news that um, on the other end of Skype, looking resplendent in his white headphones, Carlo van der Wattering of the Reds Report podcast. Carlo, did I butcher your name? Uh, no, you didn't. I've heard a lot worse, to be fair. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. This is Dutch, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Dutch. I've been here quite a few years, but I am Dutch. And you've got the beautiful, um, am I going to insult you if I say Jan Mulby type hybrid of... English, <laughs> English and European accents. I mean, maybe a Robin van Persie or rudeness, but this story would have been better. But no, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. Um, tell me about the Reds Report show um, first of all, and how you've been involved. How long you've been involved in that, and um, how one can go about hearing that. Uh, yeah, we we started myself and Chris Mason as fans started three years ago. Uh, we 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 hired we paid subscription to a local internet radio station with a bandwidth of fifty listeners, and we started as um, well the Reds Report. Um, after about four or five months, we got picked up by local um, internet radio that was available to everybody, and after that. Uh, we did that a year, and then we got asked if we wanted to do it on FM for a, a, a local sort of news and sports program. Um, we did that um, for a few months, and then last year, um, just before Christmas, I believe, the club said, we really like what you're doing. Would you like to come and do it for us? So on a weekly basis, we um, we go to Oakwell, we record the show, uh, we have access to players, to staff, and to ex-players as well, and that goes out every Friday on the I Follow sort of um, uh, part of the uh, Bandley FC website. So we do it every single week. Wonderful stuff. Um, and just tell me, because we're obviously completely independent at Blue Monday, how much did you have to change your style when you went from being unofficial to official? Um, not that much. They're very, the slogan, a very old one, I know, is sort of like by the fans, for the fans. So if there are things that we don't understand or we don't get it, then we're quite open. Um, 
obviously sitting within Oakwell, the last thing we do is attacking players when they've had a bad day or anything. Um, but we're very open. We could, we could ask questions about, um, you know, whether that be team selection or whether that be, you know, the sale of players or, or players incoming. We don't always get sort of like the inside stuff, but they, 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 yeah, no, they've been very open with us actually saying this is the format that everybody loved. If we bring you here and we're going to change it, then it doesn't serve any purpose for anybody. So we were um, quite pleased and privileged, to be fair. Fantastic. Um, Let's take you back to day one of last season. You see, they always say that it's a random fixture computer generator, but that's (laughs) bollocks, isn't it? It's not, is it? (laughs) (laughs) We always get Barnsley. We always get Brentford at the beginning. It's always the same. Fulham we had on the opening day, we got them. Um, But I'll take you back to the opening day of last season. And uh, it was a rarity for Ipswich. It was a bit of a false dawn. A 4-2 win on the opening day. Hat-trick for Ward on his debut. McGoldrick with the other goal. Hurrahan and Watkins for Barnsley. Um, what are your recollections of Game One uh, last year? You just you've just gone up through the playoffs, yes? Yeah, we um, we had a, a bit of a momentous season the season before, where at Christmas we found ourselves as a but- uh, the, the, the the bottom of League One, uh, six points to drift. Uh, we went on a bit of a run and ended up winning the JPT and the League One playoffs, and and that saw us go back to the um, to the Championship. So um, it brought. Quite a few players in, unknown quantities. We didn't really have any players except for Adam Jackson, I believe, at the back, uh, who didn't feature that much, to be fair, last last year with any championship experience. So um, I think the good thing for us was, uh, you know, we could, we could score. The bad thing is that we let four in, <laughs> and 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 that's and and that story continued yet again to this season as well. So it was, um, but the, the nucleus of the squad was very much the squad that had conquered League One. And the lads knew each other, and although there were some um, some players brought in, they you know they fitted really well. Um, but seventy percent of the squad was the squad that we had in League One, which was a which was a huge bonus for us. Great, um, and I think the narrative for the first half of the season for you, we we just watched in awe as um, Hurahan, who we'd given away, Roy Keane had given away, just got an assist every game and um, in fact he got a goal against Ipswich as well. I'm just going to do something. I'm just going to read you the team that played Ipswich just so you can oh, just give please up. don't. <laughs> <laughs> just so you can give us, um, our listeners, a bit of a hint as to what's happened since. Um, Davies, White, uh, Roberts, yep. Yeardham, Mawson, Scowan, Hamill, Hurahan, Kent, Winnell, Bradshaw, and can I just say two two of the subs, Bree and Watkins. So I've got in bold one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them not at the club anymore, sold, and also Kent um, back on. Yeah, it was a long player. To Liverpool. Yeah. What on earth happened? Um, the DNA that was set for our club by the owner a couple of years ago when we first started under Lee Johnson was that um, we, we can't compete financially with the, the money that some clubs are spending. So for us, it's about unearthing talents from the lower leagues, bringing them sort of you know up to speed in this league and trying to sell them on for, for, for a profit. And, and, and that obviously helps our existence. Um, our owner, who is a Barnsley fan and, and, and has been the owner for quite some years, is, um, is terminally ill. And um, he is sort of well, not taking a break, but he's not involved anymore in the day-to-day running of the club. Um, so we, we have to be self, uh, self-sufficient. self Now, that system and that DNA has been really, really successful because most of the players that you've mentioned no longer play for us. They have all gone on to, um, some say, bigger and better things. Um, that exodus started in January, transfer window, 
when obviously we lost uh, Conor Horan and James Bree to Aston Villa. A certain striker you mentioned uh, chose to travel 12 miles up the road and went to play for that club in Sheffield. Wasn't even on, the, wasn't even on the bench for them um, last this past Saturday. Nope. Uh, the, the strike force, the five or six strikers they've got, he's, he's obviously he's not featuring there. And then, um, yeah, then the uh, end of the season saw us finishing 14th. Um, plenty of interest. And, and, and the problem was that most of the players um, were all out of contract, knew they were interest, and didn't want to sign another deal at Barnsley because our wage structure is probably one of the lower ones in this league. And they went on. So Mark Roberts, who was the captain, um, for for what I've heard, he's, he's almost like troubling his wages and got a five-year contract at Birmingham, and that's not something that Barnsley Football Club can compete with. So we yeah, saw him last got... Saturday. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Scowen's gone to QPR. Watkins gone to a club very near you, which I won't mention. <laughs> you being uh, <laughs> this being the Upswich podcast, and yeah, um, lots of players have um, have left, and I, I'm just looking at the list now. We've got 11 new signings um, at the moment, and we're expecting another four um, before the end of this transfer period. And uh, more than likely, I would say one of our regulars will be departing with the ongoings. Uh, that's going on with um, Andy Eidem at the moment. So um, far from a settled squad and a complete opposite picture of the squad that we had last year. Um, you use the word DNA. Is that is that sustainable? Can you just continually pull out signings and um, them improve and you sell them on? Surely there's going to come a point where you sign a bunch of players and half of them don't work out. And do, do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean the last three years, um, it's it's it obviously you know it's gone really well. We haven't spent much. So if you look at the incomings of the club, so a Kudahuren, a James Bree, obviously Winall, um, there's quite some money coming into the club. John Stones going from uh, Everton to Man City uh, brought in, I believe, in the amount of seven eight million to our club. And um, that's not money that's it's well, it's money reinvested into the club, but not so much into wages or into into players. Uh, we've got a, a wage structure in place that 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 they don't break, no matter how good a player is, for us to be sustainable. So I hope it is sustainable. I know there's still some uh, some talent out there. Um, but yeah, many, many uh, fans are asking the same question at the moment because our scouting system is obviously, you would say, uh, doing a real good job finding these talents. Um, but if we can't match that talent in the contract, then all we're doing is becoming a breeding ground for really good players and we'll never have a settled squad to sort of, you know, make an assault onto the, um, onto the championship. No, very interesting. Um, let's go to the second game before we go to the postseason. So this was during Ipswich's amazingly boring run of nine draws in 12 games. And I remember I, I was on another podcast um, as a guest. And so it was a 1-1 draw at Oakwell. And the presenter just said, this is the most predictable result in the world. <laughs> Ipswich draw and Tom Lawrence scores. But uh, we were quite we were quite lucky in that in that particular game is my recollection. Yeah, was it was it a last minute? Um I yes, can't even was, remember yeah. that. Yeah. It's um at at home last year to be fair, we 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 um we, we struggled at times. Um the support the team is getting um absolutely phenomenal. Um a couple of years ago we went through a run of nine defeats uh, on the spin. 
and we were still taking full allegation of away games. And I know that wasn't League One, but we were still taking the full allocation that was allocated to us. So um, the support is still there. And I don't know if that, that was the problem at home, but yeah, we have. We, we, we leaked goals and... Um, Especially second half after January, uh, Tom Bradshaw, uh, sort of our number nine, um, failed to make a bit of an impact and and and, and score on a regular basis. He's very he's very much a confidence player, and he'd get a goal and wait five, six, seven weeks for his next one. So, uh, obviously, we're hoping that that's no longer the question. Interesting. Um, so you've already kind of covered the pre-season. Uh, basically, eleven new faces, four more to come. Pretty much, you start. 17-18 with an entirely different team to 16-17. Yeah. Um, what happened at Bristol City? You're 3-0 down within 30 minutes. Is this just a load of new players not having played a competitive game and took a half to get their shit together, so to speak? Yeah, um, I, I didn't go to Bristol. Um, Chris did and, and sort of reported for us. And he said um, we were a little bit like a steam locomotive uh, really slow to get going and by the time we got going we were 3-0 behind <laughs> um, because uh, Lee Johnson obviously um, keen to get one over on us um, having left us for Bristol City um, a couple of seasons ago and um, you know they, they, they made some signings um, they spent 5 million on that Senegalese striker who I couldn't pronounce in our podcast and I got slaughtered for it because obviously he scored a goal um, <laughs> against us so we'll know his name now and um, yeah, we were just, it wasn't at the races. Uh, Paul Hackingbottom, head coach, said, you know, making mistakes that even in training you shouldn't be doing. Um, but a lot of these lads have never played um, with each other or in that position. So yeah, I'm just looking at the list and we could put a complete team out that A's never played in this division and, and B probably never played for Barnsley. So um, our guess is it, it's going to take a couple of weeks for us uh, to get a settled or a preferred starting eleven. So, as an Ipswich fan, I'm kind of rubbing my hands and saying this is probably a really good time to to go up there and play you, yes? Um, I, you know what? I'd, I'd probably say is We had the uh, Carabao Cup at Oakwell Tuesday night. We played League 2 Morecambe. Uh, very quickly went 1-0 up. Then at one point, um, on the, I think, 88th minute, they made it 3-3 and we scored a 94th minute winner. Um, but if, you know, people were saying, and, and, you know, there's no denying, if we let three in at home versus the League Two team, um, then any team coming to Oakwell surely will get some confidence that, um, you know, there will be goals in this game. I was going to ask you about that. Are you seeing that um, 4-3 as, OK, great, we scored four goals and the team showed some character, or are you seeing it the other way of... Oh, crikey, we let three in. How, how, is your glass half full or empty there? Um, well, it's normally half full. It, it, it's getting a little bit empty because when we brought all these players in, um, a lot of them were defence and midfield players. And, 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 and a lot of fans were saying, oh, you know, where, where is the strike force? Where are these strikers? Uh, we took Ike Ogbu on loan from Chelsea for the season. And um, we've got Tom Bradshaw, Stefan Payne um, and... Um, Jacob Brown, they're only really the four recognised strikers we've got. Ryan Hedges can play up there. But we, we honestly thought with the, some of the players that we brought in into uh, defence that we, we'd have a settled defence and it's just not proving. I mean, we have had injuries already, um, but it's, it's, no, it's, it's just not good enough. OK, um, just before we get to Saturday's game, can you just tell me a bit about Heckingbottom? Because he's quite highly rated and I think the... 
the fans of the other teams look at it and think, okay, this guy's got this team up. Uh, they played great football up until they had all the players taken off them last year. He's regenerated them without much drop off. Um, is he sounds he sounds really good, is he? Uh, yeah, ex-player and uh, went to get his badges, played for Chef Wednesday for a while, um, came back to the club quite a few years ago and I was under-23s coach. Um, he became the assistant under Lee Johnson and then when Lee Johnson left for Bristol City and uh, Lee Johnson left after our Northern Area playoff final at Fleetwood where we, we cemented our place at Wembley and that's the uh, the day that Lee Johnson had talks with Bristol City and, and he left. So Paul Hackingbottom took over and, and took us on that amazing run uh, to Wembley twice in one season and to win there twice in one season as well. He is a local lad. He's, he's Barnsley born and bred. Um, very calm. Um, his man management, from what we hear for the players, is very much second to none. And he is um, he's, he's, he's very keen in uh, an individual approach to players. So he'll, he'll pick a player, look at, uh, analyse what they did in the match, what went right, what went wrong, and, and work on that. Um, very calm under pressure. Um, there were some uh, whisperings coming out of Oakwell following an interview that he did that um, he felt he wasn't uh, maybe backed by the board um, saying, you know, for, for me to do my job, I need the players in place. And, and, and we were obviously short. Um, the last friendly, pre-season friendly of the season, we played Rotherham, which is 10, 15 miles from here. Uh, we got played off the pitch with four goals against us. So, um, you know, he, he needs to do his job and he needs the backing to do so. Now, uh, we have heard that there are some more incomings, including a striker and some lone players coming in. Um, given the tools, he is probably one of the, the, the better younger managers in this league, I would say. The problem for Barnsley is that um, if this unhappiness and, and, and this DNA at one point don't work out, then I'm sure he'll apply straight elsewhere and probably really successful as well. Very good, very good. Um, so... Can you try and mark our card for who you're expecting to play, um, who you're expecting to line up for Barnsley? Um, can I just say, Tom Heslop, the Birmingham fan, got 11 out of 11 last week, um, Carlo. So, yeah, <laughs> you're on. And can you do me a bit on um, Yeadham as well into that? Yes. Um, so, as it stands at this moment in time... Lo- say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you and are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. 
With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITSE match program each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Looking at the rumours flying around on social media and everywhere else, I don't expect Andy Yidem to be starting for Barnsley or maybe even be a Barnsley player um, at the end of, uh, well, the end of today, end of tomorrow. Um, it's very clear that he's had talks with Huddersfield. They put a, I believe, a £2 million offer in that uh, we said wasn't, wasn't just wasn't good enough. They've come back with a fresh offer and Andy wants to play. Um, and he wants to play Premier League football. And, and this is typical, I suppose, of Barnsley. Um, we, we got Andy from Barnet, um, and last season was his first season. He came in to cover for James Bree after James Bree had an injury. He was then an ever-present. Uh, we missed him when he went to the African Cup of Nations, came back, got injured in the match with... Um, Chef Wednesday, I believe it was, and, and he didn't play again because of an injury. So he's, he's played a handful of matches and, and more than likely he's off to the Premier League. So um, so for me to... Ooh, let's see. We've got some injuries as well. So in goal will be Adam Davies. Um, Adam is still uh, somebody who's with us, uh, signed a new contract uh, last year. So he's with us still 2019. Um, now, now it's going to be hard because we've had some injuries. Central defence will be our captain... Uh, Angus McDonald, um, who also re-signed a new contract. He took the captaincy over from Mark Roberts. Uh, partnering him, um, I'll go for I'll, I'll go for Adam Jackson. I don't know if he'll be starting or not. Adam Jackson, still with us from last season. Didn't get many games last season because of the successful partnership uh, between McDonald and Roberts. And then um, out wide, um, Matty Pearson, probably on the right. And um, I wonder if Ethan Pinnock will play on the left. Uh, both new signings. Midfield. The midfield duo has been pretty, um, pretty settled, um, I would say. Uh, Joe Williams, who's on loan from Everton, will probably partner George Moncur. Uh, George Moncur, uh, we signed him last year around this period and then went straight out alone because he wanted first, play, uh, first team football. Um, he went out to Peterborough and came back in January when Conor Horane left. Um, towards the end of the season, he started playing regular and, and he's sort of like, I think the new player that, that might be um, leaving us in a couple of years' time because he's really found um, he's, he's found his feet within the team. So, yeah, so centrally, um, we'll have George Monker uh, partnered uh, by Joe Williams. Um, I would presume Adam Hamill will be playing on the left. Um, and I'm just wondering on the right. I wonder if he'll start with Ryan Hedges on the right. Ryan Hedges, we bought from Yeovil last season. Didn't play much at all, um, but he's had two goals in two coming on as a substitute. I was going to um, say, I've seen his name come up in the yeah, goals one against, already. Yeah. yeah, one against Bristol and, and one against Morecambe. So I wonder if he'll fulfil that, that rollout wide. And then up front, Ike Ugbo, 
um, with, of course, Tom Bradshaw. So that that would be my eleven, uh, giving the injuries that we've got at the moment. Um, the, the signing for us this season was the return of Lloyd Isgrove. Lloyd was on loan to us from Southampton that season. We we uh, we went to Wembley twice. Um, we we tried signing him, but Southampton wouldn't have it. And then a year later, he um, he was released by Southampton, and he's come back to us. Um, unfortunately, he's injured, so he uh, he won't be playing any part. Uh, but he's um, when fit, probably uh, one of one of the better players for us this season. Great stuff, Carlo. Um, and what about Ugbo? Because now, um, as I said on your podcast yesterday, when anyone sees a young striker come from Chelsea to the Championship, the the bar has been set by Mr. Abraham of. Bristol City last year any I mean I suppose even if he's half as good that's still 12 goals isn't it so um yeah what's he look like um so far so good uh very athletic lots of pace technically very good um he's not a selfish player either um he'll um from from what I what I've seen from him pre-season uh, and, and on, on Tuesday, um, yes, he's got an eye for goal. Uh, he's very intelligent football. You can just see that pedigree that they've installed him in uh, in Chelsea. Now, when we spoke to um, some of the Chelsea uh, scholars and uh, players that have gone out on loan for the podcast, um, they rated Ike Ugbo higher than Tammy Abraham. So I'll take that any day of the week and twice on Saturday come three o'clock. But <laughs> it remains to be seen because it's, it's it's a funny division to get used to. It's not like under-23s football or reserve team football that, that that they have been doing. You know, this is a this is a hard physical league and time will tell whether Ugbo is, uh, is, is ready for it. Interesting. Um, right. So I'm going to get your read on what you actually think's going to happen on Saturday. Can I just report that the last nine league meetings, this is rare for Ipswich, um, Ipswich are unbeaten in nine here, um, six draws, so mainly draws, um, three Ipswich wins. The last Barnsley victory coming on the 13th of November 2010 uh, when you won 3-1 at Portman Road. Um, how do you see it panning out on Saturday? Um, we can only go by sort of like the last two competitive matches, one against Morecambe, one against Bristol. And um, I don't think people have been brought in or there's been enough time to, to address some of the things that are not going right. So I can see uh, there's definitely goals in this game. Unfortunately, um, I, I feel that Ipswich will score more than us. And on our podcast yesterday, I forecasted a 2-1 win for um, for Ipswich. Oh, you're going to be very popular on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but that's because your manager, of course, is is one of our own and he's one of our legends, uh, is Mick McCarthy. So, uh, but no, um, and I think um, it's always been good football and um, Mick McCarthy knows how to, how to and, and you all might disagree, from, from afar, Mick McCarthy's always looked like, you know, a sturdy, very tactical-minded manager. And um, I, I, I hope I'm wrong. But knowing what we know and seeing what we've seen of our team so far, I think it's um, a, a bit of work needs doing and some additions need to be made before we can be ultra-competitive in this league. OK, um, which um, hones nicely in on my next question. What about your hopes for the season? And I guess to be more specific, how long is it going to be until these new players, are you expecting them to, to sort of bed in and get going? Yeah, we've uh, well. They should be here obviously within the next couple of weeks. I mean, um, last last season was an awkward season because of all the players we lost. Our CEO left as well, and we were without a CEO for quite some time. And Paul Hackingbottom took that role as well. So he was he was 
a lot stretched to say the least. Uh, we brought a, a guy in from France as the CEO, and um, I suppose the, 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 the thing that we note, uh, noted all was that all the contracts we were now uh, offering to players were three-year contracts, whereas before we had a lot of players on the two-year contracts. So um, if that continues and these players are coming in and the, the, the shortfalls, especially out wide and up front, are addressed, um, we, we I very see this as a very much see this as a Premier League too, and we can't compete with some of the wages. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, I believe, one hundred seventy-five thousand pound a week they pay out just on strikers um that's probably the full Barnsley team you might even get some change from that so um for us it's about with this new squad uh, remaining in this division and i don't care if that's 20th and keeping hold of the players to then try and and, and climb the table so it, it's very much um people the, the players to gel and you know um for us to, to be able to compete and, and that's all I'm asking for this first season because most of the players are new. And I know the first league match of the season, obviously, on Saturday, the people around me in the stands will be saying, who's that lad with number 23 or who's that one playing in the middle because we just don't know him as yet. So we just want to compete and stay in this division for now. OK. Is there any part of you that thinks... Because basically you made about three years' progress in three months last year. Is there any part of you that kind of wishes you hadn't been quite as good for the first three months? Because then, do you know what I mean? It had been a more steady... Because you went straight from Division uh, or League One to the top ten of... And all those players wouldn't have been pillaged. Do you you see what I mean? Yeah, no, completely. And I I think what happened is the players obviously shot window... Hurahane, Bree and Winnow were leaving. Then we didn't have a CEO, so I don't think the contract situation was addressed. That then allows people like a, a Mark Roberts uh, to leave, Scowan, Watkins, all those sorts of players that were really good for us. And um, we became a victim, I suppose, of our own success, if I may say that. Um, we, we, we took the league by storm, and then they ripped the heart and the goals out of our team, and, and we sort of like, well, wounded, crossed the finishing line in 14th. And, um, you know, that, that can't happen again. I can't see that happening again because of the players that we've got. And we brought some players with some real promise and, and some, some pedigree, but they've not played in this division before. So I think this year is about is a transition phase for Barnsley Football Club in, in, in finding a good team, finding the preferred 11 for those to compete and then to make additions um, this time next year and really, really try and climb that table. Great stuff. Um for a lot of Ipswich fans of my age, their greatest day watching the team was May 29th, 2000, the playoff win. Um, over, yeah, don't, don't remind me. <laughs> obviously over Barnsley. Um, from our point of view, this was a five-year narrative. Um, and we were the, our team was the heroes that were beaten up by Kerbishley and then Allardyce in the playoffs and losing on away goals twice. And... Um, just what's your view? Because I suppose Barnsley get a little bit forgotten in all of it um, from an Ipswich fan's point of view. But um, I guess I would be interested as an Ipswich fan if I was there for somebody's greatest day of football but was trying to erase it from my memory. What are your memories of Wembley 2000? Uh, I'd, 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 it's, it's one that, you, you know, I, I was there and I remember the, the first time I've been, um, the camaraderie, and uh, th- there was no malice between the two sets of fans, you know what I mean? Um, and, and building up, of course, we, you know, we, we had hopes. Um, 
I remember Hignett missing a, an opportunity sort of quite early on. Um, and, and, I mean, that team and, and that how we played them, we had a lot of journeymen. I mean, Craig Hignett, um, we brought in and he was then sold to Blackburn, I believe, to stop him scoring for us. Um, you know, 4-2. When you lose um, at Wembley, it's bad enough. When you lose 4-2 and, and you really... It, 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 no, it's not one we talk about very often. Um, Hignett, we speak to Craig Hignett quite some time, uh, quite a few times over a year for the podcast. And, um, you know, he, he said it was very much the, 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 um, the whole, uh, the stadium, the occasion, the momentum. It just, it, it just wasn't working. And, you know, you ran out, um, well, deserved winners in the end. Um, by um, who scored the last goal? Was 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 he a Dutchman? If I he remember was, rightly, Mr. Martin Royster, who is now ah, that's for, forever an Ipswich legend for that goal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he will be now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, I know, and 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 obviously we erased that that memory then by the wins, um, obviously over um, over Millwall um, in the. Um, uh, in, in the league's playoff um, to get promotion this time round. So, yeah, it's um, uh, we still talk about it. We still have some of the players um, involved with the um, with the team or that, that come onto the podcast. And obviously, they talk about the day and the build-up and everything else. Um, but, yeah, whenever you lose at Wembley, it's it's not one you tend to, uh, uh, to talk about a lot. OK, we'll move on then, Carlo. Um, just a quick <laughs> one. We're doing this with all our contributors. Favourite favorite Barnsley player? Doesn't have to be the best, just your favourite? Ever, um, my favourite. Oh, very well. Can I just mention a couple? Go a Conor Hurrahane was probably a very favourite because A was very good with us and came in and he he, he co-presented the podcast a couple of times with us. So there's a lot of men love in Barnsley for Conor Hurrahane at the moment. <laughs> uh, my personal favourite player was ninety four, ninety five. I believe he came to Barnsley. He was a Dutchman, but he would be, wouldn't he? Uh, Ariander Zeeuw. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. We bought him from Telstar in Holland. Um, he played for us, although he didn't have a good season, our only season in the Premier League. But he went on to uh, make a name for himself uh, with uh, Southampton, I believe. No, he didn't go Wig- Southampton. Wigan. Portsmouth. Wigan and Portsmouth. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he then went back to Holland to finish his career. Played for the police team um, quite a few times. And a forensic detective. Nothing to do with football whatsoever. But purely for 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 my reason, me being Dutch, uh, Adi Andersio is probably one of my uh, favourite ever players. Brilliant. And believe me, our podcast often just goes down the reminiscing about excellent 90s footballers. <laughs> so <laughs> I should have to zoom in. Very much, very much appreciate. Right. Carlo, it's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, where can our followers find you on Twitter? Uh, on Twitter, we are the uh, BFC Reds Report. Um, and if you've got um, the iFollow platform, um, if you just go to the Barnsley website and uh, you can put your details on there as well, of course, and then uh, go to iFollow and under fans at our podcast. And um, yeah, it, uh, episode 25 should be on. Um, either today or tomorrow and uh, maybe worth a listen as you make your way to sunny South Yorkshire. And you've got a very handsome and powerful contributor on your next episode, yes? 
Uh, yes, we have. Uh, a gentleman uh, a gentleman named Benjamin is previewing the uh, <laughs> the tie for us as well. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a really good game of football. And uh, I think one of the things is, yes, I'm a fan of Barnsley FC. I do the podcast. I'm a supporter liaison officer. But I'm also a realist. And I think it's too early for us to say, oh, you know, we're going to, you know, we, we need to score. We need to get things sorted. But, um, yeah, I'll, 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 uh, I can't see us getting three points on Saturday. It's just a bit too early for us for now very good um thank you so much for coming on can we have you back return on april the 18th of course you can i'll look forward to it already wonderful stuff um so that was carlo van der watering of the reds report find them on twitter just say thank you to him if you enjoyed the preview and give him a follow um Obviously, if you're listening to this, um, you have subscribed to the Blue Monday podcast. We are now three times per week, so this is the preview show. So look out on Monday for the flagship show where we're going to be dealing with the aftermath of the Barnsley game. Um, There's plenty going on also. This week in ITFC history is going to be out next Wednesday with Dave and Statman. And God, it's far too many games. We've got Millwall on Tuesday as well, so... Anyway, lots of stuff next week. Um, the Blue Tube episodes I've been putting up on YouTube have been doing very well. So follow me at Benjamin Bloom on YouTube. Follow me at Benjamin Bloom on Twitter. Um, you can buy a t-shirt, yada, yada, yada. Um, just pin tweet, top of the Twitter. I'm going on and on and on and on now. Um, if you drive into Barnsley, safe travels. And um, come on, you blues. Right, say goodbye, Carlo. Right. Goodbye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the match. And uh, if you see me around with the fan cam, please come and have a word because we always put that on the Barnsley FC website. So if you see two strangers in red shirts asking you for your opinions on the match and your forecast, please don't walk away. Just come and say hello to us. Really friendly. And uh, get your son on the fan cam. Great stuff. See you later. Cheers. Carla. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.